We are on a mission, a mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst podcast, we dive into current events that are shaping how pharmacists approach their patients and their businesses. Fuel your passion for pharmacy one conversation at a time. Three, two, one, zero. Ignition. So today's podcast, kind of the goal is we just want to let people get to know you. We had uh, Trip Logan here last, and he said, I'm not sure if this is a, a story podcast or not. And it's a whatever podcast. So we just want to get to know you more and let the pharmacy community get to know you more and maybe figure out some of the cool things you're doing and, and how they can do that, too, and be around in 20 or 30 years. So just tell Sounds us a little good. bit. How did you get in pharmacy? Uh, so I grew up in this business, actually. Uh, my dad came to Jefferson City straight out of pharmacy school um, to start working at Whaley's Pharmacy. So I was literally born into the business. Um, it was not my intention, really, to come back to the family business. I actually uh, went to school to get a degree in marketing and business. And so I was going to kind of venture off into the marketing world. And uh, my husband and I were living in Chicago and getting ready to kind of relocate, wanted to go somewhere a little smaller um, to settle down and start our family. And so at that point, my dad said, you need to come back and help me with this business. And I said, well, I'm not a pharmacist. I can't do that. And he said, exactly. That's exactly what I need is somebody to come back and uh, run the behind the scenes uh, portion of the business. And so my husband and I kind of talked about it for a while. And I thought, well, you know, it's in my blood. And I spent most of my life growing up in that business. And so decided to come back and kind of see how things went. And 15 years later, I am sitting here and he is retired. So it went really well for him. <laughs> so I refreshed myself and I read over the article um, that we have on our website, um, on our leaderboard about you. And your Whaley's Babies is celebrating 15 years this year. It is. It so is. Congrats. It's hard to believe how quickly, um, you know, the years go by as you're building, you know, your pharmacy, but all the departments within, you know, those four walls as well and things that we take out to our community and um, that grow with us as our business grows and changes. And so, yeah, it's really hard to believe that, you know, my my baby's off to high school and <laughs> um, you all of those things. Yes, today's my, yes. my son's yes. 22nd birthday. It's wow. crazy. So you got out of marketing and mm-hmm. business. And where did you got that in mm-hmm. Chicago? Uh, yeah. So I actually, right out of school, um, my husband was, we, we tease, he's a recovering radio disc jockey. So he worked in radio for 18 years. We moved to Chicago um, to live there for a couple of years while he worked in radio. And I actually worked for a nonprofit organization. Um, it's not around anymore. Unfortunately, it's called On the Waterfront. Um, we put on music festivals um, over Labor Day weekend. Um, it was a nonprofit, actually helped other uh, small nonprofits raise money. Um, so I worked in marketing, um, helped bring in the band and um, promote the festival. And um, so that was kind of our, my cool, fun job that I did um, straight out of college. We had no kids and um, could stay up Labor Day weekend, literally 24 hours a day for three or four days. And um, I loved it. But when we were ready to really settle down, and have a family, we wanted to, to do something um, a little more eight to five-ish. And uh, so as we were looking and exploring, we were using my marketing degree to uh, be the one to relocate. My husband was kind of thinking at that point about getting out of radio and doing something 
something also a little more um, eight to five ish. And so we came back here and, you know, I started, it was really important for my dad, even though I grew up in the business, I, you know, they had opened um, several new locations in the time period that I was in college. And, and so it was important for him that I came back and kind of worked my way through the ranks. I started up as a customer service um, representative at our brand new location that we opened just a couple months after I came home, um, did that for a year or so. I moved into a technician role, um, became a certified technician, did that for a couple of years, and then moved into the management and marketing side. I started taking over the marketing for the company, um, started to do some management and HR portions, and then eventually um, moved fully into the financial um, management and operations of the company. So, so tell me about the town. How, how big's the town? What's Sure. So we are the capital city, but we're unique, uh, very small. There's 45,000 people in Jefferson City, um, about 75,000 in our county. So we pull from three small communities um, around our area that come into Jefferson City. So um, we have uh, three retail locations. So we did have a long-term care location. We actually absorbed that into one of our retail locations. Um, those non-DIR fees are, are very helpful um, in supporting our retail pharmacy right now. Hmm. Interesting. So you're coming back, coming home, right? <laughs> what are some of the first that you, you get in the pharmacy and they started you off in customer service, but you still got mm -hmm. all these marketing ideas. What are some of the mm -hmm. first marketing things you said, hey, we got to do this? Um, well, I think the big thing that we started to look at was the things that we did within our four walls of our retail locations that we assume that people knew that we did. Um, I think we're bad about that in pharmacy. Sometimes we spend all these time, you know, all this time researching these great niche markets or supplements that we sell or whatever that we, you know, kind of have them sitting on our shelf and can't figure out why people aren't coming in and buying them from us. Um, and so I really started there with some grassroots of what were we doing? Um, what, what, what were we doing well, but we could really take to the next level with promoting that and marketing that in our community. At that point for us, it was, um, um, some DME stuff in our Southwest location, um, a lot of ostomy and colostomy specialty wound care products. Um, we do a ton of hose um, compression stockings. It's a really big thing for us. It was something that we were just kind of doing because we had it and doctors were referring, but really hadn't invested the time that we needed to, to train the staff and really do that well. And so it was really kind of a basic, um, you know, we've been around a long time. Our Easton location is 77 years old. Um, so we're kind of a staple in the community. So people knew that we were there, but they just think about you as being a prescription provider. And so my focus was really taking us to the next level of, of really being a part of our patient's health and wellness journey. And that was there on all different levels with products and services. And then um, I would say that my big contribution um, to the company was, was the creation of Mommy and Me, which is now called Whaley's Baby um, through our national program. But that was something that I started from my own personal experience um, of having a baby and not having resources in our community, not having lactation support when I was really struggling with breastfeeding. And so that personal experience turned into, hey, let's try this little section, which turned into you know, something that's been extremely profitable for us, but also um, other pharmacy partners that we help across the country. When I had my daughter, uh, you know, you go through the Lamaze class at the hospital and the Lamaze instructor may or may not be the lactation coach also. I was fortunate that, uh, of course, I come from small town, Friday night lights, but um, the Lamaze instructor and lactation coach happened to be the mother of my brother's best friend. 
And so I had been to her house and picked up her son multiple times when I was the one driving my brother and his friends around. And I mean, I got, she came in daily to check on me and baby and I got the extra handholding that you normally don't get in a hospital that what your product and your service provides. And so I think that's really important because when I had my son and my husband was military and we were diff- we were away from family, away from all those comforts, no lactation coach ever came in and checked on us. So it was just a much, you know, way different experience and it speaks volumes to even, you know, pretty close to what you offer in your pharmacy and that you put up with, you coach other pharmacies into getting into. And that's, um, you know, helping the mom because what, I mean, think about it. You guys don't think about where do I pick up my prescriptions? Where do I get the groceries? Y'all go to work, y'all come home and y'all come, y'all are, the guys are, you know, hey, what are we doing for dinner? Whereas us moms are the ones that are going, <laughs> got to pick up dry cleaning, got to pick up the groceries, got to throw this load of laundry in. Okay, we're going check, 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 check in our heads. So that that is major. That's huge. That also might be so. the most sexist thing you've ever said. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I'm glad most of our customers are, are rural, you know, more small town America. I, I legitimately saying. get the groceries. I wash my laundry. I do all those things. Come on, Marsha. It's the 20th century. <laughs> looks somebody, looks like Josh is better tell my trained. Husband that. <laughs> yeah, looks like Josh is better trained. You you need to talk to Jess and figure out <laughs> right. what, to, what what the what's going on there. I did dishes and cooked last night. Thank you. <laughs> And he's um, and he's <laughs> proud about that. So we, we really we've got to we've got to talk. You got to talk to Jess and figure out yeah, hey, we, what's going on here. There's there's got to be I've a got, book. I have, we write the book and we can put it in the Whaley's baby. That could be in I the, have <laughs> Mark molded into certain things that I want him to touch, and other things that I'm just borderline OCD. That I'm like, yeah, just don't do that. I'll do it. But <laughs> and, you and Mark's also, got it figured out. If he just does it wrong, <laughs> he doesn't have to do it. So that's that's fair. the. That's the uh, so on the way, I, I don't baby think he has quite. I don't think it's quite. He has it figured out so much as he just he does it his way, and I just have an unrealistic expectation of how I want it done that nobody can touch my level. You you keep thinking that. <laughs> um, so I, just kind of question on the: Have you seen a, a disparity between you know like what kind of services get offered in rural settings versus urban? Because you know, Marsha was mentioning you know a rural West Texas kind of setting. I was in middle of Dallas and we had multiple lactation consultants come in, you know, like, so where do you see that Whaley's babies benefits the most? So it, it really spans both because there's a couple of different things that we see based on the different demographics and communities that we work with. So, you know, I'll kind of start with ours. So when I had my daughter, um, there were no lactation consultants in the hospital. Um, there was kind of a time period that we went through as a society where people weren't breastfeeding or hospitals didn't want to be putting moms in a situation where they felt like they had to be breastfeeding or were a bad person if they were choosing not to do that. And so they kind of let go of all of those resources. And so I really found myself scrounging and and my whole process with my daughter was saved by a friend who happened to have some breastfeeding experience that kind of guided me through that. And so now our community looks very different after the establishment of our program, our relationship with the WIC department, you know, they were struggling. They can only help WIC moms. So if you've got a non-WIC mom that needs breastfeeding support, where do they send them? Um, so they were sending 
them to us uh, for that support. But now both of our hospitals have lactation consultants on staff. But their challenge is that they really are only set up to help moms, exactly like what Marsha was talking about, helping moms in the hospital. Once they go home, um, those services are no longer available. So in our community, we have um, one person who does some lactation counseling out of their home. Um, but beyond that, that's it besides us. And so that's really where the gap comes into play in most communities. In our large um, communities that we work with, yes, they have lots of people on staff in the hospital. Sometimes they have people out in the community. Um, but some of the big issues that you run into in those larger cities, like you're talking about, is the price tag that comes with that. So lactation consultants you know, can charge anywhere from $75 to $200 if they're doing a home visit. Um, you have a lot of families that can't afford that. So where's bridging that gap of creating um, affordable consultations and access to product in those larger communities? In the smaller communities, you see nothing. Um, they're normally traveling to a big city to deliver or a larger city to deliver. And then they're coming home to their community where there's no resources. You know, at best, you might have somebody who has a warm line that they can call and ask questions, but that hands-on um, just isn't available. And so we've really been able in every pharmacy that we've worked with, one of the things that we do through our program is kind of researching that community and saying, let's see what's available. What kind of, and I don't want to call it competition because at the end of the day in the lactation world, we're all, everybody's goal is to make sure the mom gets the help she needs to have a successful breastfeeding experience. Um, but what else is out there in the community, um, even looking at retail shops, you know, there's lots of communities that have baby shops, but their focus is not breastfeeding and they do not carry breastfeeding products. And so that's really um, the gap that we're filling is that medical need and bringing mom into the pharmacy, getting the support that she needs, if that's consultations or if that's product experts, which as pharmacy owners, we are, especially on the medical side of things and getting her access to what she needs. So that's kind of why we've seen success is we can fit this program into lots of different community sizes. As long as they're having babies and growing, then, then there's a fit. So um, Whaley's Baby's a franchise. H how many mm -hmm. franchises do you have? Um, so we just passed the 70 mark. So we're wow. in 70 independent pharmacies in 26 states. So awesome. um, that's exciting. Congratulations. We're still a baby baby program. So about two hmm. years in the making. So excited to watch these pharmacies digging into bringing their programs to fruition. So where have anybody has anybody tried it and not worked out where it doesn't work out? Why, why, why doesn't it work out? So I think the biggest challenge that we see for, for pharmacies that it doesn't work out, um, the first is um, lack of effort. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, everything that we establish in our pharmacy um, takes effort. And, and that's one of the things I really talk to people about when we're, we're talking to them about the program is if your intention is to buy a product line and stick it on your shelf and walk away from it, we're not the program for you. Um, product doesn't sell itself. And I know from my own personal experience, we've gone to trade shows, we've bought some specialty product line and we're really excited about it. It's going to be awesome. And we stick it on the shelf and we walk away from it and we never think about it again. And then six months later, we go back and say, I can't figure out why this stuff didn't sell. Well, because we didn't market it. Um, so you really have to be invested in, especially a program of our magnitude. Um, you know, we're not talking 
two shelves, you know, worth of product, we're talking a 12 foot section of product that you're really ready to invest in. Um, so most of the stores that we see that struggle with success are ones that just are not putting the time and effort, um, into really developing, nurturing and marketing the program. Um, we have some stores who've just been in a community that's very, very small. Maybe they've got a couple thousand people. The population isn't growing. People are leaving the community. Um, and they just don't have the volume of people to support it. So that's something that we really look at and talk about too. Um, we have some people in small communities who are wildly successful because they have a big small community base around them. So if they're pulling in people, you know, from, well, we only have 10,000 people in our community, but we're pulling in, you know, from a county of 40 to 50,000 people, then we've got a real market there. So, so talking about the, the revenue sources from Whaley's Baby. So you talked yes. about, do you charge for lactation counseling? So every one of our pharmacies is different. We personally, in our department, we don't. We never have. Um, it's really something that we feel is a service to our community, um, something that we want to bring moms in. We feel like when we do that, we capture a couple of things after their service. Um, one, we capture their OTC um, business and they're buying products in the pharmacy. Um, they want to do that after that consultation, especially when they find out that we don't charge for it. Um, also, the long-term goal is to capture their prescription needs. And we feel like for us, our experience has been that that has come from having that be a non-fee-based program. But that is not how all of our pharmacies operate. We have some, um, so we offer, uh, it's kind of a new thing we added within the last six months. Um, we do offer a Zoom service. Um, our lactation consult consultant works with pharmacies who don't have somebody on their staff that they can offer those consultations. We only charge them $10 for that. Um, most of them pass that fee on to their patient. Um, $10 to meet for a lactation consultant um, you know, for 30 minutes is pretty cheap. Um, so it's something that is, is definitely a benefit for them to be able to have that if they don't have a resource in their community. We have some people who rent a space within their pharmacy to a lactation consultant that comes in and they charge whatever their fee base is. Um, and then some that have a, an employee, a technician or a customer service person who went through the lactation certification program and they're charging somewhere around a, a, a doctor copay. So around 20 bucks um, to come in and do that consult. So we really work with every pharmacy and what works for them. If it's a staff member that's already on staff that picks up that extra certification, they're making themselves more valuable. They may not feel as likely to need to charge as somebody who needs to bring somebody in. So you, you, you had 12 feet, you said of shelf space. How much is that mm -hmm. is, is renting um, breast pumps and things like that, as opposed to products that were more the, the mommy and me type products? Yeah. Um, so really the breast pump rental portion of it, very small. Um, I would say maybe 25% of our participating pharmacies do a rental program. Um, most of it is product. Um, everything ranging from when mom first find out, finds out she's pregnant and dealing with morning sickness all the way to um, specialty baby about two years, um, age two years. So really, really focused on that medical side of, of breast care, you know, postpartum care for mom, um, all the breastfeeding supplies that she needs, replacement supplies, supplies and, and those kind of things, but really digging into that specialty as well. Cool. So uh, I guess the question that everybody is dealing and struggling with right now is during COVID, you know, how has this affected not just your business as a pharmacy owner, but also uh, Whaley's Babies? Yeah. 
Um, so it's interesting for us having three stores in the same community. Um, so two of our locations were fully operational during COVID. Um, so our East End location doesn't have a drive-through. So our patients have to be able to come in to have access to that. We did limit the number of people. Um, but for the most part, they were fully up and operational and, and running pretty normal. Our Southwest location experienced the same. Um, I think we found that our OTC side of sales during COVID was very high um, because patients need things. And I think our kind of our vision as we watched people start to transfer their prescriptions from some of our chain competitors during that time was the comfort level of being in a smaller environment. So they need to get some Tylenol. Going into Walmart didn't feel very comfortable during COVID when everything was going on, where slipping in and out the door um, in your small corner pharmacy um, was much more comfortable. And when they came in and had those experiences, they were realizing, why don't I get my prescriptions here too? Um, so we've saw some growth in those two locations for sure. Our West location where our mommy and me department is at was kind of the opposite. Um, the staff was really encouraging people to utilize our drive-through and not come in the front end. Um, a lot of those patients late March when things hit here and, and kids were out of school, they were getting 90 day supplies. And all of a sudden we didn't see those people at all in like April and May. And so we really watched our sales drop. Um, while we watched our mommy and me sales drop, we were still averaging about 3000 a month in sales just in that department. And really the clear message with that is moms don't stop having babies. Um, and they're actually having babies in a more difficult time. They're limited to the people that can come in and help them and support them. They're, you know, asking family to stay away, to try to keep babies safe. And so now all of a sudden they're having struggles and they have no way to have one-on-one -on -one contact with somebody to get them through that. So Zoom became huge for us. We had a ton of moms doing Zoom consults. Um, and then what we could offer them was delivery of the products that they needed um, if they were inside of our community or getting everything all packed up and they can buzz through the drive-through. And um, so it just was about, um, I would say April and part of May and then June and July um, peaked right back up. And August was actually our biggest sales month in our department. Um, so, you know, we're proving that we're there for families and we're there for them at the time that they really need us the most um, in offering those services. I think sometimes we kind of slip into thinking, oh, these are all things that people can live without, um, but they're really not. They're things that they really need at a very fragile time. So how many, so we're up to 70. What do you think you'll add next year? Um, you know, I think that in the time of COVID, we've kind of been quiet as far as focusing on sales and really more focused on uh, making sure that those 70 locations are growing and, and thriving and making those lactation contacts. Um, but I see a big year of growth for us because I think realistically in these times of COVID, pharmacy owners are realizing now than ever before how important that front end is to us. For us, you know, looking at our numbers and saying, man, those mommy and me sales really, really helped out West in a difficult time. Um, and they're consistent dollars. It's 100% markup on product, and that's cash money coming in. These aren't things that we're billing for and then complaining about not getting paid for, uh, but it's cash that's walking, you know, coming in the door and and helping us with our cash flow. Um, you know, I, I hope that people really sit back and, and evaluate their pharmacies and say, what do we need to be doing to really serving our community and, and filling all the niches and making sure that we have everything that they need? And this is certainly a portion of that. So we're hoping to push past 100, 100 in, in uh, hopefully by the end of 2020, but definitely into 2021. And just want to continue to service well every pharmacy partner that we bring on and, and really help them grow and improve their business. So from a marketing perspective, like, 
you know, not every pharmacy is going to do a, a mommy and me style setup, but what do you think the most important thing that they do to kind of engage their community is right now? Um, I, I think that whole understanding and benefit of them being there for the community, I think we have to continue to paint ourselves as not just being a place that dispenses pills, um, but really being a place that's part of the health and wellness of our, our community. And that, especially in times of COVID, you know, none of us have the the answers and the solutions and, and the cure for that. But what can we do to support them in those time periods? And for us, it's been some focus on supplements. A lot of people aren't sleeping well right now. A lot of people that don't normally experience anxiety are feeling a lot of anxiety right now. And so how can we continue to nurture and support them where they're at? Um, And that's an ever-changing marketing focus. I think when we get in the rut of, well, we're just telling people that we're here, we're open, we have free delivery, and, you know, we sync our meds. Those are all great things that we should be putting out there. But our marketing strategies have to be fluid. um, And we have to be always thinking about where is our demographic at and how do we meet them where they're at? One of the things that we... uh came up on with talking to Trimp Logan last week was just the importance of getting into the community and and really an understanding that if you open up a pharmacy and you're not out there in the community, you're probably not going to stay open. You've got to be out Mm -hmm. there figuring out what the needs are, what what they want. If you don't know your doctors, if you don't know the employers, if you don't know the people, that you're not going to be successful. Do you, mm-hmm. do you see that same thing in your, your pharmacies? Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that I see some struggles with, with our, some of our Whaley's baby partners that we work with, you know, everybody is, is maxed out, you know, and that's a hard place to be um, as a pharmacy owner, especially for, you know, pharmacy owners that are pharmacists that are working the bench 10 hours a day, and then trying to figure out how to operate their business um, on the outside hours. And I think that that's so important is figuring out how to be, a part of that. And it's a struggle for everybody to get there. But, you know, we spend a lot of time in our pharmacy, uh, you know, doing doctor detailing, obviously not during COVID, but normally we do. So, you know, getting out and being face to face with those people, and you have to get creative about it. I mean, we can all have an open house and invite, you know, doctors and nurses to come. They're not going to do that. They don't have time for that. They want to be in there with their families in the evenings too. So getting to them, we do a lot of in-services and going into those doctor's offices and, and taking lunch and doing a lunch and learn and teaching them about, you know, especially on the baby side of things about our products and what we have available and how that impacts moms. But we're also doing it as we continue to work on our parada packaging and explaining to doctors, what is the benefit of that? And why are we asking them for refills um, a lot earlier than what they're used to getting them to keep those patients synced on their medications? And so I think that that, that contact in the community and with those referral partners is so important. And I hear time and time again, well, we just don't have to have time to do that, or we don't have the right person to do that, or we don't know what to say when we get there. And I think that those things are so vital to continuing to grow your business with those referrals coming your way. I'm going to throw in here, Stacey's one of my favorite people. And this is probably something I should have said at the beginning. <laughs> so um, I got certified in scuba diving because of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> taking it a step further, I just completed advanced like a week ago and in two weeks I'm going to get rescue um I'm trying to get my kids on board to do it um because I know you told me that your kids are also you've you've had them in scuba diving since they were like five uh doing the junior stuff so my son says he's interested but he is so off the cuff 
Um, I told him he can get certified at 15 because he's not very. But I wanted to thank you for that, for inspiring me to like really. Absolutely. So who's more adventurous than that, you or your husband, Stacy? I think I really surprised him because he actually started diving first. He and my dad um, did a, an exploratory dive when we were on vacation in Mexico one year. And I kept telling him, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And finally, he was like, just try it. And if you hate it, I'll never ask you again. And I'm like, OK, great. So I go. I do Deal. the dive. We went. Hmm. To, yeah, we went to Curacao. Um, jumped in the ocean for the first time. And I actually had gone, I had to do a shore dive to prove my proficiency. And so I'd gone out with this um, girl who took me on this dive. And so the kids are on the beach with my husband and I'm coming out of the water and he's like, how was it? I'm like, I'm in, like, I'm totally in, I'm hooked. And so I, there's not a lot that I won't do or try. Now, if there's a giant shark in the water, I'm not going to like go up and make friends. <laughs> I'm going to kind of hang back and uh, observe from afar, but I love it. There's nothing more magical and peaceful to me than being Bottom underwater and yeah, it's hear, amazing. Hear, I love hearing it. the bubbles and it's interesting. I had yeah. the exact opposite. I was, I actually went scuba diving by myself on our honeymoon and my wife was like, cool, I'm going to stay on the beach. And then when we went to Hawaii, I told her, I was like, all right, let's do this. And she said, I'll try snuba diving. I don't know. Uh -huh. um, so she tried it and absolutely hated it. She is 100% not going to get uh, scuba certified. So uh, I hated the snuba. I, I did too. It was a bad the, decision. The, the snuba, uh, we did that in Hawaii. I did not like it because it's the same kind of you're, you're yeah, feeling you're tethered because you're tethered. To, if anybody yeah. doesn't know that the snuba is, you've got a big long hose down to you and your air's on the surface and it keeps you from going too deep. You, you can't go yep. too deep, but it was not. I, I yeah. described it as breathing through a straw, a very long straw. And that was not fun, but uh, scuba was fun. Yeah. I uh, yeah. now I'm I'm the more brave one. My my wife got really mad at me at Cozumel because I was swimming after a shark. Why is he chasing a shark? <laughs> it was a nurse shark. I was trying to get a picture. So where has been? Uh, what's what's the most fun place to go? Tell us where's the yeah, so where's your favorite all your dive? dives? What has been the most exciting? Probably my favorite is Curacao. I've just never been anywhere where the underwater coral is like so vibrant. Everything's like red and orange, and they're just millions of fish and you feel like you're swimming in a giant aquarium. I, I loved it. So that'll be, um, certainly on our bucket list. Um, Turks and Caicos is really great too. Um, but I would have to say probably Curacao is my favorite. So I'm adding Curacao to my list. Yeah. St. Lucia was fun. So I dove there at our honeymoon and it was really cool because it was, it was a different part of the Caribbean, you know, like, I guess what St. Lucia is about 150 miles off the coast of Venezuela. So you got a similar type of deal where the water wasn't the beaches weren't as pretty as like up in the, the northern part of the Caribbean, but the water, you had like 150 feet of visibility and it was really cool. Yeah, yeah that's great. So your 15-year-old, is she diving with you now? Um, so she has not. We're, we're actually doing their certification um, in the spring. So we're going to Jamaica next Christmas, um, and that'll be the first chance that they really have to go diving with us. So they've been working on all their coursework and stuff, and then um, we'll we'll jump in the water um, in the spring. Okay, I'm ready to go diving. Who's going, who's going diving next month? I'm in. <laughs> all four of us are, are scuba certified. Yeah. Mark yeah. wants Marsha to get her... Rescue, rescue first, I'm, so I'm going the so end he of can be September rescued. to do my rescue. I'm I just got my uh, my activation codes for my uh, class, my coursework. So, how Thanks. often do you get to dive? 
Um, we try to go twice a year as far as ocean is concerned. Um, we do a lot of our local dive shop is great to do kind of regional. There's not a lot of places to dive in the Midwest, obviously, <laughs> but they do a lot of fun um, lake dives. There's a place not too far from here that they um, have kind of a big quarry where they have stuff submerged. That's where we'll take the kids because they can do their certification in there, but also feel like they can kind of swim around. They've got sunken planes and school buses and all kinds of weird stuff that you can just kind of swim through. So that's really Really fun. Um, we do, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Bonterre mine. It's like a big thing um, in Missouri. It's actually a mine dive, which is a little bit creepy, um, but kind of fun just to go. For us, the big deal is getting in our gear and uh, practicing. You know, the last thing we want to do is show up to the ocean twice a year and not have tested our gear. And, you know, you can lose comfort with it pretty easily if you're not doing it consistently. So we definitely, definitely jump in the ocean twice a year, but in between, do what we can. Hmm. So, so tell us a little bit about your dad. Oh, he's awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, my dad spent, like I said, he will come pushing on being a pharmacist for 50 years. Um, so really came back to this business um, as a rookie. They were actually the two um, owners were a father and son. Um, so they had the one corner drugstore, which is our Eason location, and were ready to open their second location. Um, so they hired my dad to run the Eason location so father and son could work um, together in the in the new location. And so he says he has the most boring resume on the planet. He came here in 1973 and never left. Um, but he has been an amazing inspiration for me because for his generation, um, you know, they were really trained to, to dispense pills. They do it fast. Um, they do it accurately. And, and that was really their, their focus was being a pharmacist and doing that as accurately and efficiently as possible. But he was really a visionary, um, when, when his partner passed away and he, at that time they had opened a long-term care pharmacy as well. So had three stores and he just had this vision for serving our patients in every, every aspect that we could and and wanted to expand and open another store on the west side of town to fill that void. There were no pharmacies out there at the time. Um, now we have a ton of competition out there as well. Um, but just somebody who never settled and always was looking for um, how do we do the next thing and how do we do it first and do it best. And and he certainly instilled that in me that you know we can't sit back and be idle. And and I think um, while he says now he's like oh my gosh I'm so sorry that you're going through pharmacy at at this you know really challenging time. But at the same time, he prepared me for that so well, because I'm not one to sit at my desk and say, well, I guess we're just going to sit here and be miserable and complain about how things aren't going well, instead of continuing to look in our business and say, so now what do we do? What do we do better? Um, what do we add to continue to add services and value so that people want to be our customers and come in our stores? And I, all of that came from him just inspiring me that if, if you're idle, you're dead. You've just got to keep moving and growing and pushing yourself. And so he's been a huge inspiration for me. And he's not just my dad, but he was my business partner for, for 10 plus years. And now he's my biggest cheerleader. If I need to talk to somebody or if I feel like I, I need a good pharmacy vent, he's always there for me and always has just the best advice. So I'm very blessed to have had the relationship that we have. So how was he with the whole Whaley's baby thing? Was he like all in? Was he, Oh yeah. Is he doing <laughs> lactation training and I'm, you know, I'm wearing my pink tie, you know, it was, was he all good with that? Uh, 
Yeah, oh yeah. Um, so when we came up with the idea and wanted to implement it, he was, I, and he's always been this way with me and my ideas. He's like, sure. I mean, I can, I joke about this, but it's true. And he'll say it when I first came into the business, I'd work for nonprofit and we had no budget. And I'm like, so what's the budget on, on inventory or whatever? He's like, I don't know. I just, if there's cash in the bank, then we just <laughs> going to spend it. And I'm like, dad, I can't operate like that. Like I'm used to living down to the penny um, in the nonprofit world. And he said, that's totally fine. We can have a budget, but I'm not making it. So if you want to make the budget and then show me what it is, and then I'll try to follow, I'll try to follow it. Um, but you know, so he was always on board with my ideas and my visions and things I wanted to do. And so when we came up with the department idea, um, he was like, fine, great, let's, let's do it and see how it goes and, you know, do what you want with it. It was kind of, you know, no pun intended my baby, um, as it grew and grew, but, um, he's, he's always been so proud of me and so supportive, supportive of the things that I want to do and try. Um, now he He's like super proud, Papa. <laughs> yeah. As our business continues so he sounds like grow. a super guy already. But did he change yeah. when you had kids? Uh, oh yeah, he's he's a very emotional guy. Um, he's very sen- sensitive and sentimental, and um, so yeah. I mean, as as I became a mom and him watching me go through those what were struggles that you know things that I championed and have helped other women through, I think he's really proud of that and and sees the impact that that's had on our business and and the reputation that we have in our community. But also, you know, I think the reality of it is, and I've talked with a lot of pharmacy owners about this in our program. You know, people buy things from people. It's not just the building. It's not just the pharmacy. Um, You know, we have to market ourselves too. And I talk with all kinds of pharmacy owners who do all kinds of cool things, whether it's nutrition counseling or, you know, if they're the supplement expert, but they have to tie themselves to that too. And, you know, that's something that I've developed in a relationship that I've developed in the community with these women and families. And, um, at like every once in a while, I love a little bit of Chipotle and I kid you not, the guy that's like the manager there is maybe 25. And every time I come in the door, he's like, Hey, it's the mommy and me lady. <laughs> so it's like, you know, obviously marketing works that the 25 year old Chipotle guy knows that, you know, I'm like the lactation lady. But I think that um, just watching him be proud of me for, you know, putting a dream out there and, and bringing it to fruition. It hasn't been an easy journey at all. Um, we all have struggles as we're trying to grow and build things. Um, but he is, he's definitely in the background cheering me on. Good deal. Our parents are usually our biggest cheerleaders, but then when we have kids, it's, uh, I get to pamper and it's like, you don't even know who they uh-huh. are. Yeah. My parents changed into some kind of aliens. I did not even recognize them when we had grandkids. I'm like, who are these people? I did not, <laughs> I would have been better had you raised me. You know, I, yeah. Jess's parents were the same. Um, her parents are very, very strict. And as soon as Ellie came around, they were like, oh, you want to burn my car down? That's cool. Here's some lighter, <laughs> right? Like they'll let her do anything she wants. And it's, completely opposite. No, you're expecting this like same level of strictness that they, you know, forced on you as their child. But then it's like, oh, sweetie, you want ice cream? That's good too. You want breakfast, ice cream, cupcakes? And I'm like, no, no. (laughs) How is this okay when it was not okay when I was nine? Yeah. Like uh, last time my my in-laws were in town, they were taking Ellie to the park. And I guess they pulled up to this park that's, you know, down the road from our house. And um, she tells them this isn't the right park. She wants to go to the park with the yellow slide. So these people took my daughter to the other park so she could play with the yellow slide. I was like, there's no way I would have done that. No chance. (laughs) 
I know Mark came back from your house and he was like, Ellie's like super social now. I was like, yeah, she's figured out how to get what she wants. (laughs) (laughs) She's learned real quick. It's not, no doesn't work. What works is, you know, hug. Oh yeah, okay, you're good. What do you want? (laughs) Yellow slide, that's what you get, right? Hug gets you the yellow slide. I will say my dad right now. So my daughter um, has played volleyball for like the last five years, um, all through middle school. And this summer just decided that like she was kind of over that wasn't wasn't really her jam. She wanted to look for something new. Um, so she had been going out and hitting some golf balls with me on the range, decided she wanted to play golf. Oh, my dad is like, she's officially wrapped him completely around her <laughs> finger because he's like a hardcore golfer. So she had her first meet yesterday. He's just like proud papa text, you know, texting me every five minutes, want to know how it's going. And he's like super, super excited about that. So it's funny to watch them with the things throughout, you know, my son's really into football and Grandpa's always on the sideline. So he's kind of the like supporter and the cheerleader. And then my mom's like the buy them whatever they want, give them ice cream one. So they're both a little bit different on on that. Now, my parents tend to lean a little bit more like still on the strict like behavior side, like not wanting the kids to get out of line. But um, that doesn't prevent them from spoiling them rotten. (laughs) (laughs) So does your husband have a role in the pharmacy? Is he like doing the Whaley's podcast? With. <laughs> no, but he should. He should do that. No, he doesn't. My, I am married to um, a now IT geek, so he works for the state of Missouri. Um, worked in in IT um, for about five or six years. After he left radio, he went back and got his degree, um, and now he actually does recruiting. So he hires um, for the whole uh, um, state of Missouri IT department. So, yeah, so he's around supporting all of our events and things. But um, we decided many years ago that um, our personalities are very different. We think we are married better if we're not working together. <laughs> did, did he do anything on your web? Was he part of your website? No, uh, no, he actually does um, like the programming side of things okay. and networking. So not development. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Any um, so other ideas for pharmacy right now? Any other uh, things that you think people should be working on? Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Oh, gosh. Well, so I think our biggest focus right now is is kind of a couple of things. Um, obviously, with everything going on with COVID, I think it's going to be a very different flu season um, than what we're used to. I think that my biggest words of wisdom are innovation right now. Um, we have a great on-site flu shot program that we've done for years. We have several large contracts. Um, our public school system, the public school system in Columbia, Missouri, which is about 30 minutes from us, um, we have a lot of businesses that we go in and do flu shot for that has to look a little bit different this year than it's looked in the past as far as, you know, safety and and keeping everybody protected, but still getting them those very important vaccines. Um, So we have gotten kind of creative with some of them of of doing some drive-by clinics or setting up outside and doing those things to make everybody feel a little bit safer about the process. Um, But I think this year is going to be like none other. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be more invested in their own health and and doing those kind of things that maybe they haven't done in the past. So I think that's an important thing for pharmacies um, to be thinking about in a higher level than just your patients who come in and want to get a flu shot. Um, obviously, there's some good money in that. Um, also, depending on how you, if you're doing cash or, or billing. So I think that's really important. Um, I think for us too, one of the big things I mentioned earlier, um, we've always been on the compression stocking um, bandwagon, but we've really um, 
jumped into some heavy staff training. Um, and I actually just talked to all of our Whaley's baby stores about this on Wednesday. Uh, I think sometimes we have turnover in our staff and we kind of don't think about some of the things that maybe we haven't trained them to do. You know, you bring somebody in and you just want them to learn how to answer the phone and, and check people out, but you don't think about all of those specialty things that they really need to be educated on. Um, we really dug in and, and took our employees through some, you know, more intense levels of certification on on fitting of products. We're getting ready to add a mastectomy um, department to our Southwest store as well. And again, filling those voids in the community and and welcoming people in for things that um, allow that relationship building, but also are profitable for us. And so I think looking at your staff and really being honest about the level of training that you're giving them on those specialty areas because with our stockings, these people come in, we have somebody who's extremely knowledgeable, she feels passionate about the service that she's offering to them and helping them making them feel better. And then they leave. And I can't tell you how many people call me on I have a staff member named Lindley, they're calling me all the time and giving compliments on how great she is and how professional she is and how much she helped them patients who were not our patients that become our patients. And that's all you know, we say as independent pharmacies that we're giving great customer service, but are we really, are we really right. doing that? Or are we starting to slip? And so I think in these times that we're in right now, you know, we have to all refocus and refresh and kind of hit the reset button and say, what are we do- doing well? What are we not doing well? What do we need to be fine tuning? And all of those things are things that, that keep us from slipping into the status quo and continue to, to, you know, allow us to operate at a more elevated level. So um, we really need to be digging in right now and, and training our team, taking care of our patients, you know, creating new profit streams. And, and these are all ways that, that we can do that successfully. So, um, Congrats on 15 years. What do you see the next 10 years of Whaley's Babies looking like? Oh, my gosh. Um, So, you know, we do set a lot of big long-term goals. Um, You know, right now, I want to watch these stores experience what we are. You know, right now, we're we're looking at our biggest year in Mommy and Me, despite a year of COVID, you know, pushing 80,000 in sales just in that department. Um, But the big thing that happens with that is not just that department, but how that overall impacts our pharmacy. You know, those women are coming in, and now they're buying other products. And so we watch, you know, us hitting the biggest OTC numbers that we've had, which where we're at right now in pharmacy we need to be doing um, is is selling that OTC product where the profit's really at. Um, so, you know, I think 10 years down the road, I, I hope that we've got, you know, three, 400 stores that are really serving the women in their community. That's a, a piece of the passion for me with this is I'm helping independent pharmacies grow and, and create that niche and fill that void. But thinking about the impact on the women that they're impacting is huge for me, knowing that people aren't sitting home anymore going, I'm struggling at this and I'm going to fail because I have no resources or I don't know who to go talk to or I don't have access to the, the products that I need to get over the hump. Um, because we all know as the struggles that we've been through, when you get over the hump, it's so worth it for mom and for baby and, and for the family unit to, to survive some of those challenges. And so for me, um, that's really huge. Um, I tell every store that I work with, I'm not in this um, to make a bunch of money off of it and have a bunch of stores fail. That's not my goal. <laughs> the, the passion for me is to watch them hopefully be sitting in the same place I am and looking at my own store and saying, you know, look at the service that we're providing to our community, the women that we're impacting, and the ability to grow our business from that um, is kind of the the perfect trifecta. And so I hope that there are, you know, a good three, four, five hundred pharmacies that have the trifecta too, and and are watching that be part of their survival in a difficult time. 
Well, certainly your enthusiasm is uh, contagious. I, I can see why you've been successful. It was awesome getting to talk to you. If if somebody's watching this and interested and say, how do, how do I get a piece of this Whaley Babies thing? What, what would <laughs> what would they do? Um, well, they can uh, a couple ways they can find us. They can find us at um, whaleysbaby.com. Uh, there's actually a little um, interest form. You can click and fill out your info and they'll get a call from me. I'll talk to them about the program. Um, they can find us on Facebook um, because of, you know, most of our stuff is, is pretty secret sauce. So we don't put a lot of information out there. We highlight some of our pharmacy partners um, and what they're doing in their communities. Or they can certainly um, find me at whaleysrx.com and just shoot me a, a email or give me a call and I'm happy to talk them through the process. Awesome. Well, want to say a thank you for everything you're doing for independent pharmacy. Thank I know you there's for being a, here. There's a profit piece of that, but it's, it's clear yeah. that you care about the profession and, and you care about Absolutely. seeing what, what, what we believe too is, is necessary for the future of a pharmacy and the, and the future for you know, pharmacy being a real thing and a thing that people look for and care about and, and want to be a part Absolutely. of. So, and we hope that we continue to have a part of that any way that you can let us. So, yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for thinking of me and letting me share my story. <laughs> All right. We'll see you somewhere soon. Hopefully. Sounds good. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. guys. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Take care. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Catalyst podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider liking, subscribing, and or following us. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more amazing pharmacy people like you. Follow PioneerX on your preferred social media platform for the latest up-to-date pharmacy news and content.